um if i'm like wanting to clean my room i have to listen to something oh yes um because that way that's my reward while i'm cleaning i like can't do anything if i'm not listening to music i read listening to music i write listening to music like how do you do that um i like i just i need a lot of stimulus at once but that's not that's multitasking to me so like yeah. if i'm if i'm listening to music but i'm like trying to write this is too much going on i like i just get in the groove and i can block it out but like i don't okay. like watching tv you don't like watching tv i don't i don't remember the last thing i watched fully because i always just like i could be doing something else exactly that's why i, I don't could, watch I tv could, either i could pick something up <laughs> exactly instagram reels they're so fast i'm not finishing them i'm just like okay next yeah next. tv requires a lot of attention it requires attention and even youtube videos for me always in the background yeah i'm always in the background and then scrolling or something exactly else. like and i hate the way youtube is set up now like i'm like that's why i don't make youtube videos because i'm like i'll disrespect someone will disrespect me the same way i disrespect youtubers <laughs> yeah. i'm like watching your video right then it's like at the top of my screen and then i'm scrolling and i'm looking at the next videos and i'm like look and i'm like fuck i need to finish this video then i'm like no but this one looks so good i'm gonna forget it then i'm like no but i'm watching this one i'm like no so i'm like half the time i'm arguing of either i should finish the video or not yeah when i should just be finishing the video and i'm like they should like have like a black screen yeah. so that you just finish the video and move on but that's why then when i'm like cleaning or walking that's when i can listen to like a podcast because i my fingers are distracted yeah it's not i have nothing to do with my brain at this point i've realized it's my fingers as long as my fingers are not busy <laughs> I, have, i have friends who like ex- express the same thing so they're like if they want to watch a show they'll be like i'm gonna crochet i'm gonna knit yes i need something your fingers my- have to be busy yeah otherwise it's not getting done but it also has to be like a thoughtless thing i can't be my fingers can be busy writing because then i'm, I'm listening thinking. to the podcast and then i'm trying to think at the same time yeah. that's not gonna work for me it has to be like busy as in they're not they don't have the ability to do what i want them to do so like i never have credit for that reason as well because if i have credit and i'm listening to a podcast i'm gonna take out my phone but if i don't have credit i put it that's my form of discipline for myself um, where i'm not like punishing myself but i know that i'm doing something checks, good for checks and balances yeah mm-hmm. absolutely exactly i like for myself because i get motion sickness on the bus yeah um I'll, that's when i listen to a podcast oh because it's like what else am i gonna do mm. i can't really i listen to music but like a podcast it's nice and long it's nice and long yeah and like uh i listen to a lot of do you know D D? it's like a role-playing game basically no uh it's like you collaboratively tell a story that kind of thing is it a podcast and um, it's a game people but people do podcasts of it really yeah okay seems like something that i need to get into I like it. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But um it, it it is very fun. I find it fun and then like the way people kind of go about it very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, gotta try that one day. Thank you. So, um what other podcasts did you listen to? Other podcasts I listen to. See, when it comes to podcasts, I mainly just like listen to comedy podcasts. Okay. I'm 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 like when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm here for a giggle. Okay. Like uh, I listen to like a musical improv podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just it's fun, you know. Okay. Cuz especially like, I think a lot of right now a lot of the thing media I'm intaking mm-hmm. is like college stuff and mm-hmm. readings. Yeah. That stuff is dark. Yeah, so it's like okay, I just need a break. Yeah. Like in my class and it's totally wrong. We mm-hmm. don't get many content warnings. Mm-hmm. 
but like half our ratings are all like graphic sexual assault. Really? Because it's just what we're used to in co- in the field, classics. Yeah. Okay, so you're studying classics. Yes. And? Ancient history and archaeology. Actually, let's just introduce you. Yes. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Pure, and this is Pod- Pure Rambles, the podcast. Today I have Matthew Desmond. Hello. And then I'll just say full name. Why not? Okay. Why, why not? <laughs> um, Matthew, we went to the same school together. Mm-hmm. Um, Manuth. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we suffered. Oh yeah, we did. Um, we did history and politics together, and those are really, really good subjects. Do you remember the debates we had in class? I like. I find myself because I, I like. I find the conversations we were having so fun. Yeah. I miss them. Yeah. I miss him so For much. politics, I can definitely say yes. Yeah. Like, politics has was my favourite subject and I passed it. Like, it was my best well, subject as well. I loved being in politics with you specifically. Why? Because, uh, like, it was a white class, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. And a lot of the times, it was kind of an echo chamber mm. of a lot of the, like, guys in the class kind of echoing the same stuff. Mm. And we were learning about all these concepts, but yeah. it was so distant Okay. And you kind of grounded us and be like, to be like, this is a real thing. <laughs> like, do you remember that time male privilege came up? Yeah. <laughs> you like, I like, there were so many times I was like, someone applaud. <laughs> someone applaud. Oh. Because the course is like, the course gives you the structure, right? Yeah. But not the application. Yeah. So you need like someone to tell you that this shit actually happens. Like I think unless it really affected us, mm-hmm. we never really saw the application of Which the... is fair. I think Absolutely. if I learned this from the place where I grew up, I would have never comprehended it either. You like you wouldn't have cared how the EU no, works because no. why should you? No, yeah. But um like which is fair, but it, there's also kinda of like empathy is a huge thing. Mm. And um Kind of like I think that was that's a big thing that was um, lacking. Mm. Sometimes we needed the empathy to be like, sure, I feel this way, mm. and I believe this, but someone's lived experience is telling me otherwise. Why should I debate that? That is true. I think the debate is fair because even from my perspective, I got like new understandings of of how people could absolutely things. yeah yeah, and then. You know, I was like, okay, but I get you, but I also have this experience, which says something else. And whether you take it or not, that was now up to you. Like, my my thing was never to force you to believe me. It's like, no one's a monolith. No one has the experience of every lived person. Yeah. But meet someone halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is the experience I have. Mm. Don't leave it off. Yeah. And not address the issues. Mm. Because it is a real issue. It is a real issue. That is still happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Politics has to be the one subject where I was emotionally involved. Yes. Because it affected me, like, deeply. Yeah. As everyone in our class. But other subjects were just subjects. I'm, like, I'm learning about history and I'm learning about, like, World War II. That's fine. Mm. It doesn't affect me. The Irish stuff, that was different because mm. it's... Like culture and heritage. Yeah. But like with politics, it was it was my life. It was how I interact with other people. Yeah. And it's why um in like uh what's the word? Junior cycle, we did religion. Yeah. Everyone hated religion. Why? 
uh, it was just boring. Okay. But I came from a Catholic school where I didn't know other religions existed. Mm. I didn't believe in Catholicism, but I was a Catholic. Okay. Like, I am culturally Catholic because of just the way Ireland is. I can't say I'm not Catholic because I've... Wow, that's an interesting way to put it. I've grown up with these rules and systems. Yeah. So and even, that's, what, that's all you knew. It's all I knew. Mm. And even though I work against them, there's like, it's hard to undo all this ideology that was pressed into me. How did you age. manage to work against them at a young age, knowing that this is... And also what made you not like it? So it wasn't that... I didn't like it, but there was like, Catholicism is ripe with issues. Um, but like, I'm, I was gay and I didn't know yeah. it at the time, but I was being kind of told one thing. Mm. What your body's like. Feeling another. Mm. But it was also, it just, when it comes to religion, I don't believe in anything personally. Yeah. Um, and why is that? After learning religion, why is that? Well, well, we'll get to the religion aspect in a second, in secondary, but in primary, it was just, I in my head, none of this made sense. Okay. It was kind of like, I, I think in my head, I like, it's the degree of control I ho- hold over my worldview. Mm-hmm. And religion didn't fit into that. Faith is something you just have to believe in. Yeah. And I find it hard to believe in something without kind of. Without a realistic, a practical yes. aspect to it. It's yeah. like, okay, I must believe in you, but are you really operating the same way that you're saying exactly. it should be working? Yeah. Okay. And how did your parents, how were they religious? So my we're not a practicing family because it's a family of seven. You're not going to get them down to church every day. Okay. So my mom believes in the kind of believes in Catholicism, and mm-hmm. um, everyone else in my family kind of teeters between. I think again, culture, culturally Catholic is how a lot of them feel. Yeah. Um, they'd be more agnostic though, mm-hmm. whereas like can't say or not whether God's real. What does agnostic mean? So agnostic means. Um, that the human mind cannot comprehend what God is because if God, if the brain could, then we would be God. It's oh. like the belief that we cannot know if God is real or not. That is what I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm atheist, which means I just don't believe in God. Okay. Um, it's not a thing about comprehension. It's just <clears throat> I don't believe it. Straight up. Why don't you? I think there's the aspect of if God was real, Mm. how come he's let so much atrocity happen okay if god is real kind of and we're made in his design let's say why is there so much kind of well if we're made in his design then he's definitely not a good god exactly um sorry to any like christians listening to it but like if i'm rationalizing this right now i'm just like if he's really made in if we're made in his design and he's not the best person. He's not the person no. to be looking up to. I think also we have the right to critique it because kind of we've got the lived experience of its effect on us. Like Africa has been kind of colonized, like yeah. so so heavily colonized, mm. and um, Christianity was forced upon them. See, that's what I find funny about how we Africans are so we're, we're such believers, right? But it's like, and this is funny because the first time we ever spoke, I was so religious. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, wow. um, I remember we were walking to school and we were just debating on God. And I was like, yeah, I'm religious. And you were like, but how? But how? And that time I hadn't like learned it, what, anything to do with like historical um, colonization and how Africans became Christian. But like, I didn't believe in it either. But like, it's the only thing I knew. 
Exactly. So, and it's kind of, it's, it's hard to kind of detach yourself from it's that. It's very hard. And it's like, how, how can there be any other reality compared to the one that I know growing yeah. up? So, you know, like, just looking back at being like the way we're so, we're such believers in God. And the fact that the God that I've always known has always been a white man in a beard, mm-hmm. just sitting on a throne. I can't, now I can't rationalize that. I can't yeah. rationalize how that's the God that I believe in. I can't believe that when I knelt down and said, dear God, I was thinking of a white old man with white hair sitting on the cross. And if you've never seen this as a black person <laughs> and you were given a black God, then I'm very happy for you. Because it's a different thing when you're praying to someone who looks like you. Absolutely. Than someone who doesn't look like you. Mm-hmm. Because that makes you look up to that person and their type of people. Yeah, that's 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 a fair point. And that's what we all do in Africa. We are all relying on Europeans to save us. Yeah. I think like just the continent as a whole, it's just so much damage has been done mm. that obviously the support should be there. Yeah. But I think a lot of the way um countries like the UK, America, like mm. wealthy countries treat it is just it's like a burden. Yeah. And it's just we can just pump money into this and it'll be fine. It's rather than we've made so many mistakes. We've kind of destroyed the economic. But the thing is they know that pumping money doesn't help us. But they still do it. They no, they don't do it to help us. No, oh, no not to help. No, 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 oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they do it for to make us believe in the illusion of money, hmm. and that when it comes from abroad, it must mean more than the money we have here. Huh. The way things are run shouldn't be based on money. It should be based on empathy. It should be based on humans getting equal rights. It should be based on. People get a good education. It's not even equal rights. I think that yeah. like the fight for equality is one that is like it is a very like important issue. But I think we we need to be fighting for justice, mm. not equality, and like we need equity and justice. Okay, sorry. Please define the three. Okay. I think I, I don't pl- I don't understand these no political terms sometimes. No worries. Like, but that's the thing. Like, sure, you can know all these political terms, but there's like. You know the definition. You need to know how and how yeah. they are. So equality is everyone is treated the same. Mm-hmm. Equity is everyone is given the um, resources they need to overcome the issue. Oh. Justice is the issue is addressed and fixed. So I think uh, like a common... So justice and equity yeah. are the things that we should be fighting. Because I think equality is being introduced. Yes. Um, through scholarships and stuff yes. like that. But equity and justice okay i think like the common like visual metaphor is there is a game happening and there's a fence it is a wooden fence and Mm -hmm. there's three people one is really tall one is short and one is like a child yeah and it's like equality the fence is there Mm -hmm. the man can oh the tall man can see over the fence Mm -hmm. no one else can equity the children are given boxes to see over the thing justice the wooden fence is abolished okay that kind of thing can we talk about abolishing um, uh, passports, control systems, and visas? That really pisses me off. As an African, it pisses yeah. me off. And I'll say that because since I came to Ireland, everyone's been like, wait for five years, because five years is when you get your citizenship. Wait for five years so you can get the fucking 
their passport. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why do I have to wait? Why can't my passport do this for me? Mm. Europe can go to African countries without a visa, and they can stay there for 90 days, depending on where it is. America, the same thing. There's all of these Western countries are, in, are capable of doing this, but we need visas. Now, luckily, when I came to Ireland, I didn't need one to come here. Most of my other African people would need one just to get into I Ireland. I think I remember you talking about yeah. it. Yeah, in politics. Yeah, just I think in our conversations, okay, yeah. yeah. So, but I didn't need one, and I only needed one when I was here as a residence permit, right? And I think that was fair of me to be able to explore the country before knowing if I even want to stay Absolutely, here. Absolutely, yeah. But for other places, if I'm going to go into the rest of Europe, I need a Schengen visa. If I want to go into UK, I need a UK visa. Does UK need one to come to us? So, I'll, I'll be like straight up, I don't know the most about this topic. Yeah. And But like I do, like... Your concern, absolutely. What you're saying makes sense. It's not like it's there, there's an imbalance there. A huge one. A huge one. But I do based believe, on paper. Based okay. on paper, I know with the EU, the reason we're able to go to all the countries is it's kind of centralized. Mm. It is the trust that we can just kind of intermingle. So I think within we, Europe, right? within Europe. Mm. So I think now UK, if we're to travel to UK, there is we, after the Brexit. After Brexit, yeah. Yes. There's like. But then there's also the issue of Northern Ireland. That's mm. a drive away. How do you get a visa to somewhere you can drive? It's a whole thing. Wait, you need a visa for Northern Ireland? I don't think so. I think Northern yeah. Ireland is being treated as a special case. It should be, because yeah. it is still part of Ireland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the UK, you need a visa for anywhere and not in the EU. I believe there's some, some stuff. And then places like Australia. Australia is very strict on visas. Wait, I would like to add on to the point of Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah. You can get a visa to a place you drive. I know Swaziland and South Africa, we, we're bordered by borders, like physical borders from driving through, really? like, like America and Mexico. So we will drive to the border and then, you know, they change your passport and everything. And then, but obviously, if you're driving there and you're like a student in South Africa and you're not there to stay, they will ask you, do you have a visa? Oh. Yes, how long are you planning to stay there? You know, all of those questions, and then they stamp it or they reject it. Yeah. So that could happen. Something like that. Oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. I think there's there was a huge fight for no hard border in Ireland mm. because the border, like, goes through roads. It just goes through the middle of roads, mm. middle of homes, mm. middle of farms, that mm. kind of thing. And also, like, just the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, Ireland as a country, mm. borders just won't work socially okay. or economically. Okay. Economically, it would cut a lot of trade off. It yeah. would just not be great, and then socially, like it—it's just the kind of uh, constant. Um, there's already a battle. There's already a battle. We don't need to feel it. <laughs> yeah. Especially since, like, it's like I don't know how common of an idea it is. Ideal it is for kind of my generation. Mm. I do believe that the county should have been returned. Really? I do believe that I am now of the opinion that Northern Ireland should be its own state. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your mind has changed. I don't know. Like, I'm not Irish. I'm not Northern Irish. But from an outsider coming in, I think we only see from an Irish perspective, from a, a, a Republican perspective. Exactly. But, like, so to want them to still unite with Ireland after this long is not fair for them. No. I get it's not fair for Ireland that it was moved in the first place. But now there's an identity that's been formed in Northern Ireland among more people. Well, yeah, see, because mm. what was happening for ages is it was a very staunch, mm. I'm Irish, I'm British. Yeah. 
But now I feel like after the Troubles, um, the emergence of a Northern Irish mm-hmm. identity has like, it, it, it's like up and coming. Yeah. It's constantly growing. People are like, I'm not Irish, I'm not British, I'm Northern mm-hmm. Irish. Yeah. Which I think is the healthy decision. I think that oh, is yeah. where we need to be working yes. towards. I think the time for reunification of the country mm-hmm. is just kind of like, countries constantly break apart like throughout history yeah i think they create their own identities exactly there's a different cultural heritage here and in northern ireland but there is also the shared heritage Mm -hmm. and i think we can still move on with that yeah you can you can i think maybe it's easy for me to speak about this because i'm swazi so like yeah swaziland was a bigger country than it is and then part of their land switched to south africa during the war whatever Mm -hmm. and the language in Swaziland and the language in South Africa are very similar. There are slight differences, but if you know it, you'll know what I'm talking about if you're, if you're, if you're from there. Yeah. There's Zulu and there's Swati, very similar. Then there's Ndebele and Zulu, which is also similar. And just a bunch of... And Swaziland is like right next to South Africa. And part of our language is a tribe in South Africa. Now, so we could argue that Swaziland and South Africa should be the same country. Or we could also argue that, no, Swazis are independent of each of South Africa, yeah. they are their own nation, and they might have been part of it at some point. But right now, they're their own nation. They have their own kingdom. They run things their own way, and these are people who have an identity that they formed for themselves. Exactly. Now, does that mean South Africa should fight us? Does that mean they shouldn't include us? Does that mean we shouldn't be part of their tribe, wherever the Swazis who are there are? You know, it shouldn't be like that. Like mm-hmm. we we could still live together in peace, and that's what we've been doing according to my understanding. Mm-hmm. We've been living peacefully. There's yeah. never been an issue between Swatis and South Africans in this being in the same place. You know? Um obviously there's moments of xenophobia, but that's everywhere. And I'd say even here, there will oh, be xenophobia from absolutely. from a Northern Ireland and an Irish perspective. Yeah. And there will be still that fight over Catholicism and Protestant and everything. But this is a nation that's built itself after everything that has happened and they didn't have a choice but to leave their place, what they called their home country for their great grandparents or great grandparents, Ireland would have been it. But now they've formed a whole new generation of identity. Yeah, I like I think Irish culture and identity is very like tied to the idea of endurance. In, oh. Endurance. So like how do I explain endurance? It's like we've suffered a lot. Okay. But we've still gotten through and we've still been able to kind of stay up. Oh. But it's kind of like, at the same point, like, I think most places could say that mm. there has been a struggle. Mm. But um, I think with the Irish, it's specifically the British struggle. Yeah. But um, there's also emigration is also just a large part of Irish culture. Yeah. Kind of the natural thing of, like, things kind of suck here. Yeah. It's better elsewhere. Do you think people who've emigrated from Ireland who are Irish deserve the right to vote? This is a question that actually popped up um, in 2019 or 2020. And I remember having this conversation when you guys were in Irish, because I didn't do Irish. And me and the people who didn't do Irish were like debating this question. But now I'm bringing it back to you in 2022. (laughs) What do you think? Well, first of all, I think it was actually one of our politics. Uh, do you remember the project we did? Really? Oh, the it, question might have stemmed from there. It was one of. It, oh. I think that was one of the things. And I think the reason I didn't want to do it was, first of all, I have family who are in like Australia, Hungary, like 
Ireland, uh, Switzerland, like I have family elsewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also like, I've only ever lived in Ireland. Mm. I've left the country twice. Mm -hmm. I don't have that lived experience to lobby anything. Yeah. But I do believe it's kind of the idea that it's a case, it's like, it's such a nuanced discussion. There's mm -hmm. so much to it. Mm -hmm. It's not black and white. Because mm -hmm. um, it's like, yeah, there's an aspect of they have citizenship, mm -hmm. they should be allowed to vote, mm -hmm. but also like they are voting on things that might not affect them. Okay. Like societal change. Why should someone in uh, in say Australia, because mm -hmm. Australia has a lot of like a lot of people emigrate, Irish people emigrate mm -hmm. to Australia. Why should they be voting on Irish abortion rights? Abortion rights. Okay. Why should they be saying yes or no to gay marriage when they have no like plan to come back or something like that? See, that's the thing. What if the reason they left isn't because they wanted to, but for better? So, for example, the whole gay rights thing. Maybe this was a gay person who didn't have the rights. Yeah. So they were like, fuck it, I'm going to Australia because there's better rights there. Maybe this was a nurse who could see just how shit it was and was taking an emotional toll on her. Mm -hmm. She's like, fuck that, I'm going somewhere else where not only am I getting better pay, but they actually respect women. Mm -hmm. You know? Because some people literally make decisions based on that. It's yeah. Like, do I feel like I'm being respected enough here? Which I think is kind of what it should be. The decision should be, am I being respected? Am I being respected? Am I am I giving my all to a country that's not giving me, mm -hmm. you know? So... How do you love a place that doesn't love you? Mm -hmm. How? Like, you're sacrificing your life mm -hmm. for, well, for a government that doesn't care. So that's why I think they should have the right to vote, is only because... And I say this as a person who's living outside my country. Yeah. We don't have a democracy, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this, yeah. this conversation will not be introduced for another 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> the way I see things, but... You're just ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But if I was Irish yeah. and I lived outside of Ireland, I would definitely want to vote because I would want... Because I didn't have the chance. I want my children to have the chance. Yeah. I want them to have the opportunity to live a better island, to live in a better island. And yes, sometimes you will come across people who are still conservative, who still don't understand what we're fighting for. But you will see by the people who vote, who cares more, especially the ones outside. The ones inside don't actually, they have, they, they have what they're experiencing and sometimes they might not have another perspective. The ones outside might have this perspective of inside yeah. and they might have another perspective. And even if the votes were to be divided like that, okay, so this is for, from Irish people who live in Ireland and this is from Irish people who live outside of Ireland, right? Mm -hmm. Then you can see where you can mix the two yeah. after the votes there, have been done. There's also, like, I think what my conclusion in the end when I actually thought about that mm -hmm. uh, question was kind of for bigger things, absolutely. I think there's an aspect of... It doesn't affect you, but also it could. Mm. But stuff like, like uh, TD elections, mm. you are not oh, in the. Can you tell them what TD means? TD. Talked about. I... Is, that, is that what it's pronounced as? I can't remember what T TD is. I'm such a bad Irish person. <laughs> I think. Um... It's like political leaders within a certain area. Yeah. Um, and they represent different parties, and they interact with the community in a different mm. way. Um. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> what does TD mean? Uh, Chaktadala. Oh, I'm right. You were right. I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what does it mean in English? Member of... Parliament? 
member of the Irish Parliament. Okay, so there's uh, MP. MP. MP, yeah. kind of, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, guys, Irish people will confuse the shit out of you with their political terms. They say Oracticus, they say all of these Irish words. The but if you just Tishok, <laughs> Tishok means Prime Minister, guys. If you just translate it, then you'd be like, oh, oh, it's like everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously like, it's, uh, I think, especially, that was one thing that really rubbed me wrong, kind of in politics. What? There was. I think when you were like struggling with these Irish terms, mm. it was like, I don't, it's fine, it's easy, just just know it. Yeah, everyone kept like, telling me to know it. And I'm like, no, because it is a bit confusing. And some of us are learning this for the first time. But there's also kind of like, I think the reason we use kind of talk, Chakadala, Tishuk, Aractus, all mm. that stuff is um, kind of attempt to preserve our identity. Yeah, no, which is a good thing. Yeah. I just found it funny that people told me that it's easy not realizing they couldn't even translate it in English. Exactly. Because I'd be like, okay, what does Taktadala mean in English? They're like, it just means Taktadala. I'm searching on my phone. Sorry, I'm pronouncing it wrong, guys. Just my phone, it means member of parliament. I'm like, you could have just told me this. Yeah. I think, like, sometimes it's hard to, like, when you're in it, when you've just known something for so long. Yeah, it's hard to. And you've never, like, really had the idea of, like, oh, I have to explain this to someone. Mm -hmm. Like, when I, endurance. I just, I know what that word means. Yeah, because it's As, used so much in Irish vocabulary. If, I, if you're like, what does it mean? I'm like, oh, you, you know, it, it, it means endurance. Mm, mm. It's like, it's the struggle of kind of, I know this, but how do I kind of express explain it? Explain it. And that's, yes. I think that's the true sign of intelligence, mm. is being able to explain a concept to someone in simpler terms. Okay. Oh, wow. Never had to think about that. Because like, that is true. Think about like, because I study classics, mm -hmm. it's there's a lot there. Mm. If I was to explain an aspect of kind of Greek or Roman uh, ancient uh, civilization, mm -hmm. I, which I, is what we're going to get into next, guys. Yeah, um, I have like a wider understanding of it. But if I wanted to explain something to you in the narrowest form, in the narrowest form, and I'm able to do that and still get the kind of gravity expressed, yeah. that's a sign of intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And you mentioned that you study classics and history, something history, classics. Yeah, I study uh, classics, so specifically that's um, ancient Greek and Roman like literature. And what is something that is interesting that you learned from there? Something interesting. It's, I think, what I find the most interesting is how not much has changed. We... Please delve into it. <laughs> how how has ancient history, how is how is our current history? Because this is history. Mm -hmm. Our modern day actions, which are historical, how are they like similar to ancient history? So, um, like I think very specifically, I'm right now we're studying specifically like sexuality and gender in the ancient world. Okay. And um, a lot of the time, I'm like, this isn't too far away from kind of the modern understanding. Okay. There's a concept in ancient Rome called effeminacy. Effeminacy. Effeminacy is basically when a man is acting unmasculine. Okay. Yeah. The idea that a man is not a proper Roman ideal. And what was a proper Roman ideal? It was, Roman ideal was like all about power, having mm. power over yourself, power over your household, your mm -hmm. slaves power over the republic and the colonies you mm. had. It was all about being the most powerful yeah. and having control over yourself. And to be effeminate, which specifically meant to be feminine, mm -hmm. but also meant to be feminine, to be wrong, to be foreign. 
Okay. Because it's about this control. Mm. And for a woman in the ancient Rome, it was to be without control, to be to concede control. Mm-hmm. And um, casting a feminine light on things was seen as you were uncontrollable, you didn't have control over your, like, like we kind of, I think, so uh, modern comparison, I think aggression a lot of time is masculine. Yes. Um, in ancient Rome, if you show too much aggression, mm-hmm. you would be marked as effeminate. Oh. Because you are not in control of your emotions. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so control is like a huge aspect yes. of it. Yeah. So does that mean Putin is being effeminate? He's showing too much aggression. He's um, losing control of himself, no? <laughs> I mean, I never considered that. But uh, the, the, um, the argument there would be um, in public, he is being aggressive, but he is, it's his war tactics that are aggressive. He's not being outwardly aggressive. So technically, can we say he is effeminate? He's only being effeminate because there's better ways to do this. As a man, as a critical thinker in our modern day and age, these ways you could hurt people in other ways and it doesn't have to be the people that didn't do anything to you that's what to me being effeminate is being not masculine is 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 avoiding your target by fighting weaker people okay and that's what a lot of colonialists do they keep doing this thing where they hurt the people and i'm like at which point do we see you as powerful if I want to see power between you and whoever you're fighting, let's put up a boxing ring. No knives, no guns, just hands. Let's hands see how hands. powerful you are. If you're able to hurt that man till he can't do anything, then you're powerful. Because you're fighting your opponent, not the rest of us who are minding our business. There's there's a massive kind of like... It's like the, 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 the current situation is mm-hmm. like... Russia is invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And, I'm sorry, um, we like left your classics. We can come back to it. We can come, come back to it. We can come back to it. I can, I can, I can, I can figure a way to bring it back. Thank you. Um, it is the people are being villainized. Yes. Because some of them, it's like, it. there's a dictatorship really in, oh, yeah. in Russia. And there's a dictatorship all over the world. Yeah. It's just to some, what degree? To what degree? Mm-hmm. And how is it handled? Exactly. Um, but there are people in Russia who don't agree with this. A lot of people. And it's kind of, it's unfair to punish them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is a Putin issue against whoever he's fighting. Yes. It is not the citizens issue. Mm-hmm. Russian citizens don't deserve to have a leader like that who lies to them. They don't have, they don't deserve a leader who will make them do things that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Where when women are out in the streets, they're being like forced away and they're being like hurt by the police. No, yeah. you know, cause it's not like it's just Ukrainians who are suffering. Russian people are suffering. Absolutely, in I, ways. I think that's a big thing that I think a lot of people don't grapple. Mm. They, it's it, to them, it's black and white. Mm. It's this country and this country. Mm. They're fighting each other. No, it's not. everyone is fighting each other. No, there are real people being affected in both nations. And the enemy in both sides is Putin. Yeah. For everyone, for anyone. Who, why are gas prices increasing for everyone? Why, like, why, why are plane tickets getting more expensive? Like, what the fuck is happening? Because of one man who decided, I just want to cause chaos, just for the fun of it. At which point is that masculine? Like, if we want to, like, stick to masculinity and its core values, 
which you were saying is to have control over yourself. That's yes. the Roman well, the, understanding. That's, okay, let's try focus on that yeah. and see what people are doing wrong today. Not me being a whole critical person, but <laughs> let, let's just... Um, well, yeah, so it was the idea of control, and then there yeah. was, like, sexual control. So, like, to be gay, like, because I think that's a miscommunication. A lot of people are like, oh, you were so... You were allowed to be gay in the ancient world. So what was it, actually? Um, first of all, you shouldn't have sex with a man. But if you are, they should be young. What? And you should be the top. Yeah. Oh. Pedestry was... It's about, like, pedestry is more prevalent in ancient Greece, which is the idea that... Um, an older man has um, sex with a younger man yeah. as he progresses through age, mm-hmm. but also there is a mentorship. And why was that? Like, what, what, what was the reason for that? <sighs> the reason? They wanted to have sex with young boys. They didn't have, like, anything but, uh, that they, sounded profound at the time. But no, because also um, the idea is it is a relationship. Uh, the older man is teaching the young boy how to become a man. There is a sexual activity that will then, when that young boy gets older, he will take the power. He will take the power in that relationship by doing it to someone younger. To doing it right to someone younger, but also he teaches the young boy how to like go through life. Okay. Teaches him politics, the uh, like uh, philosophy, theory, that kind of thing. Like teaches him how to. But live. it's like a very intimate relationship. Yeah. It's not like sitting across a boardroom and teaching you. It's. Oh, that's so weird. It's weird. But there's also like, there's deviations. Sometimes it was just sex with men. It was just sex okay. with men. But also in ancient Rome, it was kind of like, it was, it happened a lot. People didn't, like, people were like, oh, don't do that. Mm. But like, if you were to do it, you shouldn't be getting penetrated. Okay. Yeah. Well, you it... should be penetrating if you have to. If oh, if you were if, like the man. If, if you're you going to do it, mm. be penetrating. Okay. Wait, be the penetrator. Yeah. That like a lot of Roman sexuality is penetration based. That's really? that's where like the power holds. What is good and what is wrong? Penetration. Yeah. So that's why the woman is seen as weaker and conceding control because she is to be penetrated. I don't consider uh, giving up control to be weak. Oh no, not if at all. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're. It's you're, just that's the way the ancient civilizations were. Yeah, like because they define it as like losing control and gaining control but i think there's so much power in allowing someone yeah to take control if you trust them yeah i think it's a trust thing but a lot of time it wasn't trusted in the world there there was the power so power was using people basically in a way because all of those sound like using people if you're the older man doing it to a younger man and if that past person hadn't like agreed to it then you're forcing them therefore your power is based on nothing but your own illusions yeah because like the idea was um because also oral was like a big no-no oral for anyone anyone you should not be giving someone oral really yeah and why was that um it was just again the penetration aspect of it and like so here's the fucked up part a lot of roman um poems i don't Mm. know what's the one exactly it's a guitarist poem and there was a genre of poems where Mm. it's just like you have done me wrong, so I'm going to insult you. And how I'm going to insult you is, like, I am going to rape your mouth. Like, that was a oh. whole, like, genre of poetry. I'm going to rape my mouth. You're, I'm going to rape your mouth. I'm going to make you effeminate. Oh. I'm going to take control from you. But the reason the control was so important is because it was then back onto the Roman Republic. Okay. The Roman Republic needs to have control over everyone. 
Okay. Over its enemies. Were they a dictatorship? It's we shouldn't like with the ancient world. We shouldn't use a lot of modern terms. Okay. So they have consulship. They have like, they have like a faux democracy kind of working. Okay. And how was it for? Because it's it's not a one to one comparison. Please explain. I haven't studied that much of the okay. Roman democracy. <laughs> okay, that's but, fine. But it's like it's kind of like not every system of government is the same, right? Mm-hmm. It was the exact same in Rome. Um, you had the emperors, you had kings mm-hmm. at, at some point. There was different ways that they kind of ascended. There was issues with transfer of power, mm-hmm. intimidation. There's also the fact that the Roman Republic was larger than just Rome, but Rome was the city. And which years was this? Definitely started um, first century, early first century. Um, I don't even know how long. I can't grasp how long or like ago that was. Or like 100 BCE. Um, and then it's like, what, how do you define the end of the Roman Empire? Is the issue. It's like, it's, 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 it's a large period of time. Um, did they colonize anyone? Oh, yeah. Who did they colonize? Big colonizers. All of Italy. Mm-hmm. There was indigenous people of Italy. A lot of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. A lot of Europe. Like, up, up towards Britain. Yeah. I, I See, I, I just wanted someone who studied that to confirm that. Because I once studied how, like, Brit- British people left the UK. Something about the king. But, like, also something about how the Romans had colonized the UK. Yes. By the way, um, apparently the Roman Emperor Empire is uh, the end is 476 CE. What is CE? Common Era. But like... I... So, uh, so BC and AD, before Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically trying to de-Christianize the calendar. So our calendar was based on Christianity? Yes. Is that Do... how old Christianity is? Um, the idea is, I believe, kind of, it's based on when Jesus was born. Okay. Because, like, the world's been like for, like, what, millions and millions of years. No, see, I don't want to comprehend that. I can, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can only comprehend until colonization. Mm-hmm. And even then, that seems too far. But that's because the things that I want to change start from colonization. Yeah. Anything before that, to me, is just your you're fucking my brain. I can't. I can't. That's all I study. <laughs> <laughs> I'm studying the old, 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 what? old, old. I, okay. And what other things are you, you taught there that kind of relate to our current society? There is classics as a subject. There's a lot of contention about should it be renamed? Why? Because classics. Uh, classic is like, as a term, in fa- uh, inspires kind of like superiority, dignity. Really? Yeah, it's like a very kind of like classical. What is dignity? Dignity is kind of like. According to their terms. To their terms, it is high status, kind of, it is the cream, cream, creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, the best okay. of ancient civilizations. But it is only ancient Roman, ancient Greece. Mm Yet, the entire time we're studying it, we are interacting with so many cultures across the mm. Mediterranean. Mm. There's, like, so many cross-cultural links. And, like, in, like, a lot of uh, the Greek gods, mm-hmm. the Greeks also believed in, like, Egyptian gods. Mm-hmm. Isis yeah. was also Aphrodite. Isis was also a cult in Rome. But the Romans also got a lot of their religious belief 
in these gods from Greece. Okay. And there's a lot of interaction with these societies, the Hellenistic world as well, mm. is defined as with Africa, with the Middle East. East is like a huge thing with um, classics. Um, because, Why? Uh, the idea was basically for those civilizations that the East was barbaric and othered. Really? Yeah. The East, which is, um, could you name some countries from there? Just like Turkey would have been okay. kind of considered the east yeah anywhere kind of like that side god my geography is fucked oh i have a i have a map I, here. you have a glow oh i have a glow um ah! oh <laughs> um so there's africa there's europe so they 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 didn't go to japan okay uh, but like round so this is the mediterranean here uh, Y'all can't see it. Okay, so Greece, Turkey... So around here is where the East would have been. Where the Moldovas are. Yeah. Where... But then also in ancient Greece, uh -huh. they colonized... So Greece is here. They colonized, like, all here, all the way to India. Wait, who colonized? The, the Greeks? The Greeks, and specifically um, Alexander the Great went to India. Oh, what did he do in India? What did he do in those those <laughs> Eastern areas? What type of... It's like, it's hard because specifically a lot of the time colonization wasn't inherently negative. What was it inherently? Inherently, can't say. Like, okay. there's like, we don't know the lived experience of these age. We... Can we define colonization based on first the Greek side and then we can do the British side? So the Roman, like, I'm like, I, I don't know the exact kind of borders, but like yeah. the north of Africa was a mm. big thing. Kind of the east of Asia, and then a lot of Europe. You know, I'm really curious now that you mentioned Africa, right? Yeah. So I'm from the bottom of Africa. Yes. And this is the top. And one thing about the top of Africa is they don't necessarily look like most of Africa mm. in terms of like skin, hair, culture. They would mostly be um, Muslim, I think. Really? This is, guys, this yeah. is assumptions from what I've seen. Like if I'm thinking of Egypt, Libya, um, Algeria. Like all of these countries have like Muslims mostly, lighter skinned people. They have, so I'm like, was there like a mix of culture? Because especially yes. if they like colonized all the way to like Turkey, to all of those places, like wouldn't they have integrated the two societies? Yeah, there, there was like definitely a lot of like kind of black cultural mixture of mixture. cultures. Yeah. I, I, I like, I can't speak too much. I am a white man. I can't say a lot about like yeah. that kind of experience. But um, like specifically Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. Um, her role in ancient Rome is she was seen as this foreign seductress. She had no intelligence. Okay. She was just seducing this guy, Mark Anthony, mm -hmm. and she was killed because she started a like she started a whole thing in uh, Rome that was really started because the men were fighting for power, mm -hmm. and she basically she was slated by the Roman Republic. Slated. Um, outcast. They like insulted her character. Okay. But because she was a woman in power, mm. and a woman in power with ambition mm. is not correct in Roman society. Okay. But she was a leader of this country. She was she was the queen of Egypt. Wait, Cleopatra came from Egypt. Cleopatra, yeah. No, I don't know anything about these people. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Cleopatra um, from Egypt, yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. And then um, in one of the famous poems, because mm -hmm. they. 
had an oral tradition, mm. which was then later written down. Basically, um, poets and bards would learn these poems off by heart yeah. and recite these books to people. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they Why were like, did they have to learn them by heart? Because writing wasn't really a thing. Wow. Yeah, like it only kind of wax tablets and like stone and all that stuff. Like a generalized alphabet didn't mm. come to like the late fifth, fourth century, I want to say. Okay. Uh, and that was taken from the Phoenicians. Um, but Phoenicians, as in Finland. No, Phoenicians. Um, oh, where are the Phoenicians from? I want to say Persia. No. Persia. Okay. How do you spell Phoenicians? P H O C. P H. Yeah. O C. E N. E N. Wait. Phoenicians. Oh, maybe like. Wait. Maybe Wait, P-H-O-E-C? Yeah. Damn, this is hard, guys. P-H. Semitic, yeah. Semitic. What does, where does, where do Semites come from? Oh. Okay, a member of a Semitic people inhabiting ancient Phoenicia and its, Phoenicia and its colonies. The Phoenicians prospered from trade. Oh, it's Phoenicians, sorry. Prospered from trade and manufacturing until the capital, Tyre, was sacked by Alexander the Great. The Semitic language of the Phoenicians, written in an alphabet that was the ancestor of Greek and Roman alphabets. Yeah. What? <laughs> God, I just got even more confused today. It's an ancient civilization. Where again? Um... What? Ancient Phoenicia. Wait, where is ancient Phoenicia? What? What is ancient Phoenicia? Uh, originating. Oh, in, uh... Lebanon. What? Lebanon. Where's that? Right here. Okay, so near Egypt. Yeah. Okay, so what were you saying about Phoenicia, Phoenicians? Basically, a lot of trade from there, kind of, they brought the alphabet to the Greeks. As they were saying there, just as I was reading, they wrote something. They had an alphabet, Ah. and the Greeks were like, this alphabet stuff is actually really good. We can use it for more than just, like, marking trade. Let's make a language. Okay. Yeah. So, that's where language... Well, part of language, the written part of language. Yeah. So oral language has always lived before written. Yes. Oh, yes. Oral, mm-hmm. like, because um, I think we have history, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have prehistory. Mm-hmm. And history, prehistory is like, we don't have any written sources for it. Everything was oral. Everything was oral. So would that mean that the writing of the Bible came after the Greeks? Yes, because the, the Greeks were BC. So before, BCE, before the Common Era, before Christ. Wait, the Greeks were before Christ? Yes. The oh. Greek, the Greeks were before the Romans. The Greek Empire was before the Roman Empire. Fucking hell. Yeah. Guys, I do a lot of podcasts, but I've never been confused like this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our evidence for prehistory is like ancient sculptures. Okay. So um, So there would have been artists more than there would have been yes. 
um, okay, so there were artists and then there were writers. There were artists, then there were people who wrote poems, but they performed them. Okay. And then there, then there was written history. Okay. So there was oral, then there was crafts, and then there was written. Oral and craft. Went together, hand together. in hand. And like craft was obviously throughout history. Everyone's always been crafting. Yes. They've been obsessed with the statues, the yes. pottery. It's a huge thing. What, um, so because I'm like thinking of of these, um, what do you call them? These statues and I'm thinking of Europe and I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of all of these places where they're currently still there. And I'm like, we don't have as many where I come from. And then you were telling me about how, um, a lot of African artifacts are actually outside of Africa. Yeah. Do you think a lot of our like statues and stuff are outside? And what do, what do where are they? So Irish. Oh, for, like specifically for Africa, it's museums in a lot of Western countries. Yeah. Specifically in my course, because I also do archaeology, we study uh, Greek archaeology, and there is from the Parthenon, mm-hmm. which is a temple dedicated to um, no, not part Acropolis. Athena and and there's these Elgin marbles and mm-hmm. um, they were a fresco which is like a wall of relief it's a sculpture into the wall yeah where they during uh, Lord Elgin and mm-hmm. um, took them during a conquest you took them from where from the from the like temple broke them down from which country Greece okay but also all over the Mediterranean yeah because again the Hellenic world is all over the head why did he take them down he wanted them they were his spoils of war so he steals? Yes. Oh, all theft. And they're now kept in the British Museum. And the argument is... Wait, so can we arrest British people for stealing? No. Why? Because this Well, is, not all this, oh, this, oh, this is, like, this happens, like... The I know, but, BC, like... 1,000 uh, BCE. Half the shit BC. that they, they stole, they created as... Oh, we're taking this as what? They need... They, that's the, the argument. They need to give it back. But the argument for ages was, like... Oh, but they're so uncivilized and they don't have proper places to hold the artifacts like we do. Okay, so this, the whole superiority complex is still oh, in yes. their heads. There is, yeah, yeah. Like museums, as much as I do love them, a lot of the times they are just cultural zoos. They are. And do we pay to see them? Uh, I think most uh, museums are free, actually. Okay. Anyway, we better start a riot just to take our shit back. Absolutely. So this is my problem. I'm too much of a fighter. Like... Everything, I want a fight. Like, I'm like, <laughs> we want it back now. You don't want peace, you want I don't problems, want, no, always. I, always. Because I'm like, <laughs> why must I let you live in peace when every day Africans are suffering because mm. of you? No, you must. Let me show you what suffering looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That is, that is a... Uh, it's a personal thing. Yeah. It's a personal thing against the, the, the people who harmed us, you yeah. know? I think, but I think there's definitely a, a large um, fight happening in kind of archaeology. What is the fight? We we want those back. Yeah. Give us back our culture. Yeah. What um, what Irish stuff has been stolen? Irish stuff. I'm not too like it's it's really a disappointment on my part. I wish I knew more about no, Irish archaeology. Trust me, I have I know nothing about my country only because there's not enough information on it. And if there is, it's for college students. Can you believe that? Yeah. Every time I search about my country, right? I'm taken to J, 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 J store. I fucking hate it. Like I'm not in college, but I should have this access to, I should have there's, access to this information for free. There's sites you can do for piracy, piracy. Piracy is a college student's best friend. Piracy oh, really? is everyone's best friend. Oh, yeah. Um, 
please type that on my phone. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's my one. <laughs> my bad. Um, right, we should. We probably shouldn't be talking about piracy on this podcast. I never. I don't support piracy. I no, don't we support don't support that. it at all. In no. fact, he's he's just writing the word piracy because I don't know how to spell it. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Um, this is this is just an information exchange. You know, just you know. just knowledge being passed. This is just a language class. You know. You know. So, uh, how do you think um, language actually influences? Oh, he jumped, guys. <laughs> so, I studied Latin for a year. Okay. Which is the ancient language of the Romans. Yeah. And God, did I love it! But God, am I bad at learning languages? Ooh. It's it. I, it's just not my forte. You know. That's fair. But um, the evolution of language is so interesting, so Tell fascinating. Me. So. Latin is the basis for what we call the Romance languages, which uh-huh. is your Spanish, your French, your Italian, your Romanian. And your English? English is actually German- Germanic, but we took a lot of words. We took the structure from Germany. We also take a lot of words from French, okay. Spanish, and all those languages. Yeah. Like forte, the word I used, yeah. is like the French word for strength. Okay. And fortus would be strong. Or okay. Something like that in, yeah. in Latin. Um, but basically... Just the development of language, and like you were saying, mm-hmm. with um, Swaziland and South Africa, mm-hmm. their the tribal languages mm-hmm. are so similar mm-hmm. because there's the stem from from, from a similar yeah. kind of point in origin, which is uh, I think Bantu. Oh wow! So I think the you know how like you're saying the stem from yours is Latin. I think ours is Bantu. Yeah. So I think that originated from Northern Africa, and then a bunch of Bantu people just kept settling wherever they settled, and yes. we just walked all the way down to Swaziland. Yeah. That's what happened with the Romans. They yeah. spread so far, so far okay. and fast, yeah. and they had settlements. Okay, that the languages kind of grew from there, mm. and that's why there's like a lot of loan words. What we call where kind of some people are like, "Oh yeah, I don't speak Italian, but I can understand it." Oh, because in their language they have such similar words to Italian and similar structure. That okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Whoa, I love that. Yeah, and it's like it's like sure we like I'm, I think this is like I didn't know what you with the. Uh, with the with the because I know in Africa there's like what over two hundred languages. Yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah, but I don't know how they do that. Anyone who knows more than who knows their tribal language as well as the main language as well as English. So like I mean tribal then main then this is because so say for example in South Africa there's like eleven tribes. Yeah, I think nine or eleven. I'm not sure, and they know their tri- tribal language and then there's the main language that is spoken with, I think is Zulu, I mm. think. And then there's English because I, of colonization. I think personally, <laughs> I like it because obviously like when it comes to intelligence, you're always like, oh, it's what I can't do. Mm. I think anyone who can speak more than one language, I, I revere them as like the smartest people. See, that's what I don't think people appreciate upon Africans. So many languages. So many languages. I, I like, these I, people I can flow from this to this. And they, they um, I don't know what languages it, it is, but they, they have like the clicks. That's my language. Well, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so interesting. We just don't use those sounds. I'm joking. There's many other languages, but like one of them. So for, I'll, I'll give you a word. Gabanga. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so impressive. Uh, thank you. This is what I love about speaking with people who don't understand my culture. Because I'm just like, Gabanga. And then, so Gabanga means think. Mm. But like teaching someone how to say kabaga, that's the hardest thing. 
I could ever do. Because it's everywhere has that issue. Kind mm. of like you are taught how to pronounce your vowels, mm. your consonants. Are you even taught? I don't even think uh, you're taught. I think you hear and you pick up. You hear and you pick up. Yeah, but especially when you're still young. Yeah, I think um, Russian and English. There's a lot of like difficulty when it comes to pr- learning the other language. Yeah, because the way you kind of just naturally hold your tongue and move mm. your tongue in your mouth mm. is different. Mm. So it's hard to pick up those like similarities. Yeah, and those differences. What types of things in Russian and English do you think I like hard to like? It's just the way, like, because I haven't studied either, but it's like just the way the mouth moves and mm. pronounces things. Mm. As you can, the muscle memory is different. Yeah, muscle memory. The accent. Yes. It's like I think the when you're learning a language and you have to use the accent, it's very hard for Russian and English to have that like to merge. To merge. Yeah. And like switch between because like French, similar things we can do that fine. Yeah. The, just the way the language is formed and said, mm. different, completely different. That's interesting because I know um, my friends in Kenya, there's like, I think like, the specific tribe was Meru. They found it hard to say things with R. Mm. But then if I'm comparing with like Afrikaans or like just South Africa in general, you know the word serious, right? Yes. They would be like, Siras, serious. Mm. Like they, the R is rolled. And you know, like, like you can hear like an Afrikaner person speaking because the R is rolled. You know, yeah. like it's it's just very. It's it's also like um, one of my professors was telling me Greece in Greece they don't have a sh, an sh or a w sound. Okay. But in Cyprus they do. So, like, oh. it's, so, so it's just like they. Just small little yeah. differences. But like I personally find like anyone who can speak in more than one language, the smartest people in the world. They are intelligent. I think language needs to be given more of a recognition in terms yeah. of so like people who study languages, they're always told, "Well, you're not going to get a job," but why? I think that needs to be included in the system. It's also so stupid. Yeah, but I think the reason they do that is so that they don't give people who are not English speaking more opportunities. So the way the world is shaped now is everyone should know like something like English, Mandarin, or like what one of the big languages. It's like oh yeah, like. Your Spanish is a lot of cultural. German is an yes, economic language. Exactly. So they need an economic language for people to get around. Yeah. And if you start teaching people other languages, not only are you making more money, but you're giving people who are foreigners more money. So like now, if you start introducing um, language, this is my assumption, guys. This is just my theory. <laughs> <laughs> I always make so many assumptions, and I we are not experts in everything not, in the world. In, nothing at all for me. <laughs> But like, um, <clears throat> if I'm like seeing like someone who grew up um, Irish, but like their mom was Spanish, and they understand how the two mingle, and they like learned about it, they could help someone else who grew up in such an environment, yes. and they could help a Spanish person who's trying to learn English, and they could, they they help everyone, mm-hmm. and because like you were saying, people who know many languages are. People who know only English, for example, or know only Mandarin, for example, or only know German. They are at a disadvantage to those yes. people. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because they are the ones who are now paying, but they're used to being paid. Yeah. And I think it's up to us as people who've learned different languages. And this is why I say, as Africans, we rely on uh, Europeans. We need to stop and realize, hey, I know two languages. I know three, in fact. I know four, in fact. I could be a fucking tutor. Yeah. Look how much money you make. There's also like there's a lot of like, um, especially now with the kind of uh, Ukrainians all over Europe. Mm. There's like a lot of there's a scramble for teachers who can speak English and teach Ukrainian, and like also it's like legal document translation of legal documents. You know, but um, I work in retail, and anytime someone kind of can't speak English, mm. I, like I think 
it's kind of, you can kind of tell that they feel a bit ashamed. Mm. But I'm always like, this is just. And you can't. The thing is, this, it's so sh- sad for them. It's so sad for them. But in my head, it's like you are the smartest person in the room to be. Yeah. Because I wish they saw it that way. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've picked up like three languages now. Mm. I know a bit of Irish, French, and Latin. Mm. And I wish I knew more Irish because it's so important to my culture her- yeah. cultural heritage. But it's just taught so terribly in schools. How do you wish it was taught instead? I think it's just because that's something that I hear a lot of Irish people say. We want it to be taught differently. Yeah. And that's the thing. How to, how, I don't know how to teach a language. <laughs> I, I clearly am not good at learning languages. I don't know how to teach a language, but I can give you one thing. If I was to give advice to um, Irish teachers, don't teach it, speak it. That That's it. That's it exactly. We're taught from the beginning. Here's how you write it. Here's no. how you babble it. No, you should be focusing on the oral first. Just do it. No, like like... Stop telling me how to do it. Just do it. You don't tell yeah. me in English, this is how you say hi. You say hi. And say I hi. know that you're saying hi. Yeah. You don't tell me, sit down. No, you don't tell me, this is how you sit down. Or this is how you tell someone to sit down. You yeah. say, sit down. And how do you? How does someone pre- understand that is, you're like, sit down. You have to point. You, yeah. you kind of have to be like, and we're not training. The way, the way, the way we, tra- we train babies to talk. Exactly. That's how languages develop. Exactly. And also like, teach kids more languages when they were younger because their, yes. bro- their brain is a sponge. Yeah. Like I grew up around the time of like the Celtic Tiger and the recession and all that. There was yeah. a huge immigration from Eastern Europe. Okay. So I grew up with a lot of people from like Poland, mm. like Slovakia, mm-hmm. all of that. I know like fam- I have family in Hungary, yeah. all of that. Um, and they're learning, they know two languages. They're mm. learning English. They know that they they know their native language. And yeah. it's just this kind of like, it was always so impressive to me. Yeah. And, I have like two friends who know like uh, English and Russian, and they were able to do their Russian as they are leaving such yes. uh, exam, and that's people... such a boost for them. Absolutely, it's mm-hmm. such, and I think it's such a good system because Ireland, <laughs> we don't have the best track record with immigrants. Really? Uh, we have like the immigration hotels. Remember all that? Ah, uh-uh. do you know what? Um, I can complain about that because I live here, yeah. but I can also say Irish has done a phenomenal job. Oh, in it's, how they... it's it's always like I think. As people, we're always like, it's so easy to focus on the negatives. Always. Like, yes, homelessness is up in Ireland. Can I tell you why it's phenomenal? Oh, yeah. My friend was telling me in South Africa that she, to, she's in college there. Mm-hmm. She said to apply for a, what do you call it, a residence permit could take four years. Yeah. To apply. This is not, this is not how long they're saying it takes to, to live here and then get it. They're saying to apply. Uh, yeah. In Ireland, ever since I've come here, you... You book your appointment a month before your thing expires. You go there the day of the appointment they give you. They take the thing and three weeks later, you get it at your post. You get yeah. your card and you get your passport or whether they give you the passport back on the day. They give you back in three weeks. It's a matter of kind of like, oh God, everything's so terrible. No, address See the your positive privileges. Things as well. You have the privilege of like this. Complaining. Yeah. Yes. And I know I have the privilege of complaining for other people as well yes. because I live here but if I had never come here I would only see the positive sides yes. and that's what it is for and I I think it's fair to complain because it's like you want a better system it, it's it, it's like I think it's human nature to kind of complain and it's also like such a bonding activity everyone loves to hate things yeah but also it's like you need to stay critical <laughs> at the same time never get complacent yeah yeah but um that's 
to, to go all the way back to the beginning. Mm. The reason I enjoyed religion in uh, secondary while everyone else didn't yeah. is I didn't know that other languages, ex- other religions existed. Yes. And it was just such an interesting cultural, like, Yeah, it was like a new experience. thing to learn, yeah. Exactly. And it kind of like, Ireland has some issues with xenophobia and racism and all that stuff. Naturally. Naturally. And like, there was a huge issue with kind of separating church Hold from on, my mom's calling me. Okay. Guys, my mom called me like three times to tell me that my niece is finally born. So, whoop, 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 finally. Um, and she's really excited. So she was like, I am not going to let her not answer my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's <But> important. <laughs> it is very important. And I'm actually very happy she told me because I'm like, wow, I'm actually really happy now. Because mm. everyone was so stressed that, oh my God, she might not come. But yeah, guys, I have an older brother. He has a child now. My mom's like granny. She's, she's over the moon. Yay. and i'm really happy um but yeah what were you saying about xenophobia yes so <laughs> basically we we are on the issue with religion i kept yeah. separating that from state and i always saw religion class as a lesson in tolerance okay kind of understanding the differences mm. in uh other religions understanding because yeah. religion uh whether you like it or not mm-hmm. is a huge kind of build for someone's morality yes and kind of having the understanding of where they're coming from yeah. was really important to me. And I think it's why I really liked politics, because mm-hmm. I was able to build off of that. But okay. while everyone else was like, oh, religion's so boring. And I was like, but but think about it. We're learning how to be like... Understanding of other people. Understanding of other mm. people and other kind of belief systems. Mm. And um, some people didn't get that. Some people did. But I think uh, it definitely kind of built from like when I was younger. Yeah. There was a bit of kind of, oh... Like when there's a large immigration, they're taking our jobs. And I was mm. like, but they're my friends. Yeah. Why would I, I think what them? And it was kind of built off that. Were they were these young people telling you this that how they're taking our jobs? It w- it would have been oh no older people. Been, with older people who like obviously <sighs> ignorance is a battle yeah. that we're always fighting. But ignorance is bliss. Ignorance. I cannot bliss. stress that enough. Literally every single time I get more educated, I curse myself because <laughs> I'm like, wow, I love to know this, but like. There's just something about not being careful and being carefree that's so beautiful yeah. and so like innocent. And there's something about knowing and being careful about everything that you say that is so scary because you know what comes after. But at the same time, uh, and being more intelligent is so beautiful because then at least now you're able to also understand other people yeah. and you're able to like forgive yourself and you're able to avoid certain situations it kind of it really helps kind of your crop your interpersonal relations you can forgive yourself but also you can learn how to forgive others exactly exactly without like you know exactly yeah yeah yeah, coming coming from a catholic school where i didn't know what what other religions were Mm -hmm. i don't know why people were just told to sit and do whatever Mm. in religion class yeah and then being taught like because they weren't doing our religion Mm. Uh, and also that was wrong they shouldn't have kind of just left those kids to do whatever which kids were those uh kids who didn't who didn't like didn't have a religion who were protestant like who were muslim hindi they just weren't told what to do because it was a catholic school so they only taught the catholic uh isn't that in a way kind of like segregating uh different people so like in a way you're if, if their parents have consented to them going but you don't let them go then it's segregation but if it's like their parents don't want them to learn it's not segregation but it's also like you're not giving these people a chance to learn another uh, yeah because i think because we were so young i think yeah. it was less um here's this interesting new language and it was like here's the stuff you live by 
Oh yeah. Here's the stories that, that shaped sounds like, the world. That doesn't sound like fun. No. Yeah. Like, uh, wait, did you say that your parents, did your parents enforce you guys to go to church? Uh, no, because like I know a lot of people who are like non-practicing Catholics, they mm-hmm. go for Christmas and all that stuff. Uh, we went for like the we went to the uh, birth, what's the word, uh, christenings, um, your communions, your confirmations, and mm-hmm. funerals, yeah, weddings, that kind of thing. Okay, but um, no, it was just kind of like very lax. Very lax. My mom came from a family of twelve as well, so like, like twelve children. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, Catholic family. I love Catholics that. have huge families because okay. they, didn't, they didn't believe in contraception. Contraception was not allowed. Really? Yeah. Wow. A lot of unprotected sex. I think about that a lot in our day and age, and I'd like your take on this. But I see like contraceptions as a good thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I also see it as a negative connotation to babies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like we now hate babies because. The contraception didn't do its work. This fucking baby is now in my stomach, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're just not... I, I don't know. Like, so many, like, relationships break because of babies. Mm. So many families fight because of babies here. And also because the economy doesn't allow for a baby. Mm. But, like, a baby is also the most important gift you can get. But the, the only argument you can form is that it's negative because... Oh, but like I have so many things that I need to do, yeah. and well, not the baby itself, but there's some people who really see it as you got a baby. Yeah, I like so. Here's the issue: I'm a gay man, and I mm-hmm. plan on having no kids. Okay, I do not like children. That's not an issue. <gasps> Why don't you like kids? I just it's the responsibility and the stress of it. I don't think I should be responsible with forming a child's personality. You know, yeah, that is. I, I, should, I should not be teaching a little child what's good and wrong. But um, with the contraception thing, like as a gay person, like it, like the reason condoms are so freely available mm. is a lot of queer kind of organizations fight for it because, okay. which is good, absolutely, it's amazing. Yeah. But it's because protection condoms From weren't STDs. used, and then AIDS kind of killed so many yeah. innocent people, mm. and this negative connotation was given to the queer community. And sorry. Um, a lot of things are flowing through my head but you're talking about like how like uh, it had a negative perception and like almost like a stigma to, to, yes. to queer people but that's I've noticed that's in the west in where, the west where I come from in the west the stigma is for everyone because everyone gets it so I'm like at which point did it become a homophobic thing in the west so in the west it started like from, I'm not the most educated about the topic but from what I remember is it's so it's spread between like blood mm. basically so blood it, yeah it's like so the main kind of spreader was uh, gay men who mm. were having uh, sexual intercourse. Mm. And when the dick was in the ass, you know. Like pain? Like tearing? It, no, it was like the infection. It's like But STDs. where did the infection... Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of it in terms of blood. Like, at which point I, was it, there pain and... I, 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 I think I explained it poorly and I think I understand it poorly, but it was, to, a, do, it was to do with the insertive aspect. Yeah, the what? Insertive, like the penetration. Okay. And that's how it was spread. Okay. And but only gay people were having that. So it become it became the gay disease. Because only gay men had it. And people used to refuse to touch gay men. That's very it still doesn't make sense to me because how STD spread at home is not always through blood. Like I know growing up it's it was no, it's not always through blood. Yeah. I think this specific uh, AIDS HIV is specifically through like 
blood. Something like that. Well, I would see it as bodily, not bodily. But, yeah, something like yeah. But not blood. Okay, so I remember growing up, if someone got cut, it was don't touch that person. You could get AIDS, right? Because, but we never like looked at it in like a very negative way. It was just don't touch this person if they're hurt and you are hurt because the their blood yes. will go through. So yes, I get it from that blood perspective. But like the people who get STD, uh, who get AIDS in Africa, in South Africa, in Swaziland, to be specific, are people, are straight people who have been, um, if if you came inside someone, basically. Yeah, so right. Um, blood is one, one way I've misspoken. It is um, direct contact with certain bodily fluids from a person with the, the disease. Yeah. So anal or vaginal sex, sharing needles, syringes, or their drug equipment, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was a mistake. Uh, mis- uh, speak on my behalf. Oh, there was but, just one of the causes, which would have been blood, right? Yeah, could have been. But also like ejaculation and that kind yes, of thing. Yes, because that's the one, that's the version I would know yeah. it from. Because I know a lot of the people who get it at home are couples. It would have yes. been, oh, I got it from my husband, I got it from my partner. Yes. That type of thing. So. I know there it has nothing to do with being gay and more so just. The, it was it was purely because it was, it was just mainly like the large uh, community that was affected was the queer community. Oh, it was just the largest community. It that was, was the affected. largest community that was affected, and they were like, "Oh, it's a gay disease." Okay. So then, bisexual people when they got it mm-hmm. and transferred it to women, it was like. Okay. But it was like a huge stigmatism of like, "Oh, this is a gay disease," but I think now more. Uh, straight people have HIV than gay people, but also is this still in the West? Are you still speaking from a Western perspective? Yes. Okay. Uh, but the reason it was like it was deadly, and it still yeah. is without proper medication and yeah. treatment. But it was killing gay people. Yes. So that's why it was the gay disease, and that's why the gays were bad because they, they were killing. Which is people. interesting that it was the gay people who were dying. It was the gay people doing it amongst themselves. Yet the straight people found it such a terrible thing and found gay people such a terrible it people. It was during like uh, the, well it was the 80s so this is uh, post the civil rights movement mm-hmm. kind of post the uh, black movement yeah. there was a queer movement Okay. because uh, marginalised communities tend mm. to come together Yeah. and uh, oh, his name escapes which is such a tragedy but one of like Martin Luther King's like main like in the close circle main mm-hmm. friend that wasn't in the public life was a gay man okay um, but there was like uh, and a lot of cultural links and like the queer community. Nixon? Nixon comes up, yeah. Okay. But uh, just to say, the queer community owes everything to people of colour and especially trans people of colour. Okay. They are the ones who fought for a lot of their rights. They are the ones who suffered and continue to suffer. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, but basically... That's in the West again. In, America, in, in the West. Because yes. I've realised I fight a lot of these arguments only because I have... A ca- can't fathom them and I just realized it's only because I come from Africa Absolutely, and yeah. some of these issues are literally just western issues we make the issues ourselves yeah absolutely mm-hmm. okay it's a western issue okay so okay so now that makes a lot more sense uh, but you were saying now ST, STIs are more common among straight people than they are I think this specifically HIV HIV don't okay. know this I'm not an expert yeah. but there's education now, which is what what's important Yes, there's education and, and destigmatization. Safe sex is like a big thing yeah. that people are advocating for. Yeah, and it's important. So yes, back to contraceptives. Contraceptives yes. are important for for preventing, preventing. the transfer. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think. I mean, even as, as I know, like in the West, um, 
people have a lot of unprotected sex and they don't usually get any infections but coming from a place where people get a lot of infections or have had in the past few years and like you know the age something of age is getting lower uh what do you call it like the age that you're expected expectancy Oh, life expectancy. Life expectancy is so much lower because of the amount really? of AIDS. Yeah, it's wow. so low. Um, if I'm just to do like a proper research on it, what is the life expectancy? But I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say for Africans or for South Africa or for South Land. Maybe for South Land. Mm. <clears throat> just to narrow it down. Then AIDS on the side. Um... Life expectancy of Swaziland faces several health issues, including HIV and AIDS and tuberculosis. The country has a median age of 20 years with a life expectancy of just 31 age, 31 years, the lowest documented life expectancy in the world and And less than half the world average. And this is where I blame my my king. This is where I blame because I'm like, we should have more. Like if it's in the world, that's. Terrible. So, like you were saying, like for, like people in the West, they have a lot more protected sex. I think it's because of the privilege of being, of not having those issues, of not having those issues, yeah. but also having the healthcare to fight the yes, thing. free healthcare that is widely available. But I also think, also, this is a very unfair thing because we have only one million people in our country. Obviously, it's gonna be in the Obviously. world. Like that's not a very fair. If if you want to do the calculation on this, they, it should be calculated against other countries who have it and then divide it by mm. the, the overall. Yeah. But like for this, it just sounds like, oh yeah, it's just in the world. Just, but it's, I don't think it's like that. It seemed, it, it, the, the uh, article seemed a bit kind of drastic and yeah. yeah, biased. Yeah, very, very biased. But like, it's like, it like always compare your sources, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think. But um, um, healthcare needs to be. Is a, is a really important issue. Yeah, I generally even here in the West, condoms need to be taken more seriously. Yes. Like, sure, I get it. In the West, it might not be common to like have STIs and stuff. But it's, like, no, it's, no it, it is common. Not it's as just, common. It's not as common, and it's yeah. not as fatal. Yes, but that doesn't mean you should neglect your health no, just absolutely. for a quick fuck. It just, I don't know. I that's the one thing that I'm very. I've always been hesitant to have sex with a lot of people just for that. Like, I just know my background and I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, some some fears you, you gotta keep. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, well, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, but I understand why people are like very chilled about it and very safe about it. But I don't know. I know a lot of people who would not, I don't know them personally. I've heard of a lot of people who would literally just have sex with people just to pass on their AIDS because they know that oh. they're going to die. So, mm, very scary. Oh, yeah. Very, very scary. Wow. Yeah. Um, what? What were we talking about? So we've explored so many avenues. <laughs> so many. But yeah, we were talking about, like, basically how babies are perceived. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of times it because I think for some people it can be a burden. It can mm-hmm. be a financial burden and not mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I think that's something we need to address because I think uh, the idea that like it takes a village to raise it to raise mm-hmm. a child needs to be kind of reinstated and kind oh, of. Yeah. I don't think people should do this thing alone. No, and mm-hmm. I think especially in the West mm-hmm. specifically, 
we have become very urban and kind of individualized. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, how could I take a village? Because I don't know the village. <gasps> yes. Whereas not realizing that you have your family, you have, I know actually a, a few people who've like, who my age, who've like given birth and they've kind of isolated themselves, which yeah. is fair. You know, it's COVID and everything with COVID, I completely understand. But yeah, I think if you, if you have a kid, you should always remember your close people. And if you ever need help, don't forget. And help doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to pay that person to take care of your child. No. And I think that's what the thing is here. It's like we're always exchanging money for stuff, for taking care of uh, people's kids. Yeah. Well, which is okay because the, the, the economy is just not working in our favor. But like I know at home, if I was to give birth at home at my 21 years of age and say for uh, like a month, I needed to go on a business meeting, <laughs> uh, my family can take care of my, whether yeah. I take them to my grandma, think, to my aunt, to my whoever, yeah. someone will take care of the child without expecting me to pay them. Yeah. Obviously, I will fund yeah. for the family and the child while I'm away. But like, it's not an expectation to be paid. Yes, I think. And I think that's how we get it wrong here. Not, not just the West, where mm. like there's the whole issue of like the West isn't only just the West; it's just the world's wealth countries. Yes. Um, but there is kind of we've forgotten community. Yes. And I think there is kind of a fight for that to come back to us. I hope so. I hope so too. Mm. But community is so important. And community outreach, outreach programs, like not, not just for pregnancy, mm. for people like in Ireland, I think we have, a, I say in Ireland, from our experience, I think yeah. addiction is an issue that is not treated well. Yeah. But I think nowhere knows how to treat addiction properly. Addiction. Like what? Give me an example. Like when you're addicted to like drugs or smoking or yeah. alcohol. How how would you go around treating addiction if you had a... It's support. Yeah. It's not alienization. Mm-hmm. It's not villainization. Mm-hmm. It is being like, there is a problem here mm-hmm. that is affecting you and the others, mm-hmm. you other people you love. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't want this to keep happening because it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's how it's addressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is not... And it's not addressed correctly. Mm-hmm. And especially in Ireland with like vapes and alcohol culture, yeah. it's like you start young. Yeah. I've Why do you think that is? It's just Are the parents cultures. too chilled? I don't know because sometimes it's like parents are too strict. That's where their kids go to drink. It's, and sometimes they're too chilled. It's, I think it's a lack of like, oh, it's, it's a lot. We're not, we're not properly educated. I think it has less to do with parents and more to do with the people who are funding these things. Yes. Because as a. I've always like had an issue not an issue but like a personal issue not one against a society but my thing was always I've wanted to sell vapes right yeah but does my moral conscience allow it because I don't like vaping yeah but then I'm like yeah but the people have a choice and so I'm like how do you regulate such a thing That's fair, yeah. you know so it's like I know one of the regulations should be making sure that the person who you're selling to is actually 18 yeah. And making sure that the person buying isn't buying for someone else. Yeah. You know, it, it it's a tricky one because the shops actually do put in that regulation. Yeah. It's us people who walk into the shops who are stopped by kids and we buy for yeah. them. And I know I'm like pretty chilled. I know if you look like you're like 15, 16. I know all of my friends started at that age. So I, I'll be like, okay, I'll buy it for you. There's also, I think, a lot of um, kind of, if you're going out for a night out, mm. you have to be drunk. Oh, you have to smoke. That's the issue. I personally don't drink. Never drank. Oh, really? I don't, no. 
I don't. Why not? I, I just don't want to. I, I like that. I, I, I like. I have fun without drinking. Yeah. Um, but that means I don't go to clubs because I feel like clubs aren't really fun unless you're drunk. No. But I love. Um, a, I love a pub. I could um, argue against that. Really? Okay. Yes. Because I know at some point I drank a lot here, and then I stopped. I came back from Thailand and I stopped drinking, and I would go in with my water bottle. And even if they told me to empty it, I'd empty it and then go put in water in the pub. Yeah. Because I'm still thirsty, and then go dance with your friends, come back, drink my water while they're going to get their drink, or they're going to fill up their drink, and I'm asking for a glass of water. Yeah. And just keep dancing, like you can't dance and you can't have fun. Because remember, at the end of the day, you can't hear each other. <laughs> so yeah, I think for me, it's uh, just kind of. The stimulus. I I think just the activity of clubs, not for me personally, yeah. but then kind of the added layer of everyone is at this like different level. Whereas yeah. in a pub, when I'm like my, I'm drinking with friends, I'm, I just have like my water, or, like mm. a soft drink or something like that. I'm kind of getting on the level with them. Yeah. I'm not drunk, but like we're feeding off of each other's okay, energies. Energy, yeah. And you go into a club, and everyone is at different stages, and you're just so low, mm. and you're not given that time to. Yeah, I guess it does depend on like the type of person you are, energy wise. I think I naturally have a lot of energy. I'm very introverted for for the most part, unless it's like someone I know. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, that is very fair. Um. Yeah. Either way, the culture around drinking is very um interesting. It's it's hard to just label it purely as toxic. That's why it's interesting. That's why it's interesting. But I think. The culture around drinking as you can only have fun if you're drunk, that is toxic. That's what's toxic, yeah. Because that is The overabundance true. of drink mm. in our lives mm. and its importance, that's what's toxic. Mm. Drinking itself is not toxic. Yeah, because drinking could be taken at um, levels. Yeah. It's like, well, you know that you can't take two bottles of vodka because you're going to be fucked up. <laughs> you know, so take, take one bottle, then take half a bottle and... Take it to the point where you're buzzed enough, but not to the point where you're getting sick. Yeah. You know? But obviously our sick tolerances are very different. And I know yeah. sometimes I go overboard, sometimes I go little. But I you gotta find a balance. Yeah. You gotta find a balance. Don't drink especially if you're drinking to avoid anxiety. That means you need to work on your anxiety when you're sober uh-huh. and drink to have fun. Not to drink to get the anxiety out of the way. Cause I think to some degree we all deal with anxiety, especially in social situations. Mm. And I think we create more of a social anxiety even more when we rely on alcohol. When you like introduce substances as a crutch, mm. it is hard to actually address the issue. It's very hard. It, like what we've been saying the entire time, mm. kind of not addressing the issue just mm. leads to more yeah. issues. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> we've cracked it. Yeah. I've just deeped it from, I was like, yeah, then I was like, colonialism. Then I was like, yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Like we need to, oh, there's so much we need to address. Yeah. And we need to start doing it now. Like this is literally the first time we've had so much access to so many different types of people, but we're all so scared to like speak of the most important things. One thing I need us to all speak about is reparations. <laughs> yes. We need to speak up on returning stuff. And I don't know, that whole, that whole thing of like, we're not able to take care of our stuff is such a lie. Oh, go, it's so fucking man. stupid. I'm like, it's just, it's racist. It's, it's racist and it's stupid only yeah. because the fact that you think that you're better than other yeah. people, 
yet you're hardly managing your people. Crazy to me. Yeah. The fact that you think that you can manage uh, our stuff better, yet you can't manage us after all the disaster you've done to us is crazy to me. After you've supported your amazing society Yay. Of, of our yeah. of our labor, of our artifacts, of our natural resources. Yeah. Crazy to me. Um, the truth is, I don't even know the truth, guys. I don't know. But the truth I, is, how can you know the truth, really? Until you try. Oh, someone put that on a book. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's an amazing opening to a book. Or an ending, maybe. Ooh, maybe an ending. Yeah. Well, that comes to the end of our podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matthew, for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I had such a lovely time. It was oh. great chatting with you. This was a great conversation. Yeah. Fuck, I miss those high school days. Yes. So, so many lovely avenues we just explored. You know, you know this should definitely happen again. Oh, um, Wow. Yeah, I loved this. And I hope you guys listening loved it too. If we didn't, then you just suck. <laughs>